So, Berto, I thought I would do something that every other podcaster and radio show does, is you got to have like a Halloween special podcast <laughs> episode. What do you say? Let's do it. Ooh. This is the Psychology in Seattle podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kirk Honda. I'm a therapist and a professor, and I am not someone that typically makes episodes for holidays, except for this time. Who are you, Berto? My name is Umberto Casaña, and I design spooky decorations for your window. Although... 13 years ago, we did make an episode about Halloween costumes. We filmed it. Oh, yeah. Overlooking the oh, space yes. needle. Oh, I remember this. Yeah, we were on we were on Queen Anne. Anyway. Oh, gosh. So top five Halloween scary movies, Berto. Start with your number five. Okay. Uh, so these are movies, not TV shows. So Or TV shows. Well, I had, uh, I had two separate lists. Oh. I didn't interleave them. So I'll start with the, the movies. Number five, Scream. Okay. Scream, it's uh, not like the greatest movie ever, yeah. but it's really entertaining. And it, and it's, it, like, it plays with the genre, yeah. and it did some very creative things. You know? Yeah, I think I saw it in the theater and liked it, but didn't know it was going to be the phenomenon that it became. Right, yeah. Um, number four, House of a Thousand Corpses. This oh, is a Rob Zombie movie. Yeah. I realize it's not for everyone, but it is very gory and creepy and i love it yeah uh, and plus he creates these very entertaining characters i think he's making a new monsters or is he movie okay yeah. <laughs> uh number three by the way his his halloween wasn't bad it was entertaining okay okay number three witch the the witch with the oh, two right. v's yeah that's a good one Vich. this was so I, it slipped by me yeah came out i never saw it and then after um, I guess it was after Midsummer. No, no, before it was before. Which was Mid first? No, no, I know, but I mean, after I saw Midsummer, oh, someone said, "Oh, you, you, you must have loved Witch." I'm like, well, "I've never seen it." Yeah. So I had to go back and watch it, and yeah. oh, I just loved it. Yeah. For those, so just getting off to this start, I don't watch horror movies. Berto does. So classics I've seen, you know, Halloween one and two. Nightmare on Elm Street, that kind of stuff. But like, I would guess ninety-eight percent of horror movies, even the popular ones, I have not seen. Right, uh, it's just not my genre. Even the even the good ones, I'm like, eh. Uh, like, what was it? Uh, Let the right one in. Was that the? Oh yeah, the Scandinavian it's one. It's a vampire, vampire one. Yeah. Yeah, and everyone. Oh well, it's not. It's like it subvert. That was one of the very first. It subverts the horror. It's it's not just horror. <laughs> it like. It's artsy horror, and I got like half of the way through. I was like, "This is just a more stupid horror movie," and, it, and it's fine. You know what I mean? I, and I, I, whenever I hear someone say like, "I don't understand sci-fi," like it's stupid, like, or I don't understand fantasy, mm -hmm. like some people just say, "I don't," li or I don't like Marvel movies, and mm -hmm. I'm always like, "How do you not like Marvel movies?" You know, they're. I, I, I could see how you, how you're not. They're not your favorite, like. But I don't understand how you how you can't even watch them. But you're like that with horror. But I'm like that with horror. Like I can't. I it, I I'll, I'll get halfway through. I'll be this is this is stupid. Like because right. horror play, it's like a genre of 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 uh, music. It it follows a formula, and yeah. people like want that, right? Well, and most horror movies, which I definitely very much enjoy, but most of them are cheap in that. They have that moment where it jumps the shark. Like almost every horror movie has a movie, um, a moment in which they they keep the suspense, and then they finally have to like fish or cut bait, and they show the supernatural thing. Right. And usually 
the rest of the movie is kind of boring after that. Right. But I still like it just because I like the genre. Yeah. But the the movies I'm listing don't actually have right. that. So so along those lines, when Witch came out with uh, what's her name, Joy? I, I don't know her name. She, she was fabulous. She, she's from Queens Gambit. Yeah, that woman. Great. It's the first, big eyes. First time. Yeah, first time I'd ever. She she looks like she could be your sister. You got big eyes. Like, That's true. <laughs> um, but uh, I uh, when I saw that movie, I don't know because it wasn't sold to me as a horror movie, but it definitely has a horror i guess it's riffing on it kind of it's more like an aronofsky movie to me right yeah and if you're not if you don't like horror which is really interesting it can get kind of scary at times slightly but it's much more grounded in reality and until the very end which you could argue is sort of a supernatural or a a dream sequence if you will you it's could all, take it either way. Yep. Yeah, it all could have happened, you know, and, and it gives you a glimpse of maybe even what it was like to live on the frontier <laughs> 300 years ago in the United States. Yeah, there's plausible deniability for sure. Yeah. I love it. And it just gave me this eerie feeling. I didn't even watch it in the theater. I watched it at home, but it was very late. It was like 1 a.m. And it was just eerie. Oh, man. Yeah, and, and so many little things about the movie were, you know, like all the family lives sleeps in the same room Mm -hmm. and the way the mom was kind of suspicious of the oldest daughter and they're so isolated they don't live in the city right and it's like 200 years ago or something it's it's empty right and the way they the movie interweaves like religion and and plausible religious dogma around like demon possession and that kind of thing i gotta say goat eyes are inherently disturbing. <laughs> All right, number two, Alien. Oh, yeah. Alien is, you would think it's a sci-fi movie. It's like an amazing horror movie. Yeah. And it is so, it holds up so well all these many years later. Yeah. Um, and it's got a female heroine, like strong female protagonist back in the 70s, right? So good. Um, and one of the best movie monsters of all time yeah what a scary creation and what like 82 or something no 78 okay yeah i mean yeah just a couple years after or one year after star wars and the the special effects and i mean it it's it's better than every other movie after it that's in that (laughs) genre yeah like no one even comes close i mean because with all those movies like the good movies of that type the only parts where you can obviously see where they couldn't possibly have done it right are the computer monitors because it was literally impossible to predict or right. do something. But in all, in terms of like what the spaceship and how they move around and just like the emptiness of space, all that stuff, they got it so well, you know, I mean, right in quotes, but yeah. it feels right. Yeah. Oh, so good. <laughs> My brother named his dog Jones after the cat. Oh, nice. Okay, and number one movie for me, The Omen. The oh. original Omen with Gregory Peck and Damien. Yeah, I've never six, seen six, it. Six, six. I, th- I feel like I saw parts of it when I was a kid, but for, for whatever reason. And I think you've recommended that I watch it. I have it. recommended it. It is, first of all, it's a good movie. It's just a good movie. I have a little list here of things I'm going to watch. And the thing about it, it's not gory. Well, sorry, no, that's not entirely true. There is a little bit of gore. 
But what it, it isn't is it doesn't have flying ghosts and flying witches and things. Yeah. It's grounded, again, pretty much in reality, but with that little superset of the supernatural. And the, the acting is superb, and they build this scary tension, and it's all about the interactions with the characters. The kid was cast beautifully because he's this you know, cherub-looking little cute kid but at the same time, he's got this malice in his eye, and he could just tell, like, yeah, he's probably the demon child. <laughs> and I was Catholic when I watched that. I was a kid, and all of us in, in Catholic school, we were terrified of this movie, and we would, like, discuss theories, and we would read the apocalypse chapters in the Bible, and we'd be like, oh my gosh, it does say that. And what if, you know, uh, and uh, the Antichrist is supposed to come from the sea of politics. What if he's alive right now? Like, we were freaked out out by it for because we felt like oh this could be real so it left such an impact and then years later I've, I've watched it many times and it's never disappointed so that's my number one and, and then uh, quickly through the TV shows I don't watch a lot of horror TV shows so this list was both hard and easy for me because I actually there, I was well, looking there aren't that many right well and I was well, looking through so lists just a and, little uh, I texted Berto you know top five movies and TV shows, and he interpreted it as top five movies, top five TV shows. I only included TV shows because mm. there was one on my top five. That, I see. That was a TV show. Oh, okay. Now, now that makes rare. sense because I looked through the list of like the best uh, horror TV shows, and most of them I didn't know. Right. But I did come up with five. Number five, cheating a little bit, but Simpsons Treehouse of Horror. Okay. Those are... Well, I don't know nowadays, but they used to be so entertaining. Every Halloween, yeah. the Simpsons would put out the little treehouse of horror. It's so interesting to think about how today we don't, and you know, everyone says this now, so it's nothing new, but we don't have the water cooler TV shows no. or entertainment. But back then, everyone watched the yeah. Simpsons Halloween special. Yep. And, and then you'd be like, oh my God, and then they did this. Okay, number four, American Horror Story, mostly... Like the first couple seasons, I was really into it. And as far as like a horror TV show, like that's definitely what that is. Was it like episodic? Like each episode was? Each season was a story. Oh. And, but each season, every episode was part of that story. Okay. And then the next season is a totally different story. I think the first two seasons are pretty good. After when that, did it come it out? Kind of lost me. Like 10 years ago? Okay. Yeah. Uh, number three, I've bet you this one's on your list stranger things right that's my number two <laughs> duffer brothers love it so much and some might say is that horror and yeah it's not classic like halloween or friday the 13th horror but it no. definitely has a monster there's jump scares there's Absolutely. trapped in a in a house in the woods with a monster you and got, it's filmed in a way and in a time where a lot of those movies were made in a similar sense. You know, right. like it's the 80s or the late 70s and you're in those little residential streets and everyone's out trick-or-treating. And Right. It, I, I consider it, it, that's why I put it in my list. Yeah, and for me, the reason why I put it number two is because, you know, it's such, so high on the list is that it's particularly the first season and really all the seasons uh, are just so delightful. And so, mm -hmm. I mean, they're, they're, I think they're good pieces of entertainment and art, but obviously they're geared exactly for our generation yeah. with all the references to all the things from our childhood, yeah. <laughs> but not in a way that's like, uh, you know, 
I don't know, gratuitous. It it feels integrated into a story rather than just like a yeah. nostalgia, you know, dinner served. I definitely agree. Whereas like Ready, Ready Player One is gratuitous. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, so I, uh, I, we did a whole episode on Ready Player yeah. One and I, I was geeking out hardcore in that movie and I think it's apparent in my review when we talked about it. Mm-hmm. Subsequently, I've I've watched scenes and thought about it more, and like, I don't think I've ever had such a swing <laughs> in, a, in my movie. in my rating of a movie. I think coming out of the movie theater, I was like an eight or a nine. I mean, I was the amount of eighties right. nostalgia that was pumped into my brain, like you know, adventure and all this right. stuff. But then later on, the more I th- and particularly the more I heard from critics, I'm like, actually, this movie is kind of stupid. Like, there's a lot of right. things about it that are just kind of ridiculous. I think if you had read the book, the book does it's it's not a great literary book. It's his first book. He's he, at that point he's he's not that great of a writer. There's not a lot of character development. That said, the 80s nostalgia is super strong and in my opinion plays a little better in the book. But anyways, but is the story better in the book? Cuz the story nah, in the movie is like It's fundamentally the same but I'd say the challenges are way more interesting in the book. In the, in the movie, I guess those filmed well, but they're dumb challenges. Yeah. Like the whole thing about, well, we've got to race this way. And, I mean, you play video games. Every time you play a video game, you're always trying weird stuff. Yeah. The idea that for years no one had thought to try to drive in reverse, come right. on. Yeah. Anyways, and uh, my number two is Black Mirror. Black wow. Mirror... Oh, it's I didn't think of that as horror. Technically a tech, techie show, but it's, of course... It has horror, horror episodes. It's got so many horror elements to it. And therefore, my number one is Twilight Zone. Because yeah. Black Mirror is sort of like the updated techie version of Twilight Zone. Right. Twilight Zone is the the ultimate. And it's such a great show. The, I'm talking about the old black and white Twilight Zone. Yeah. So many episodes. And they are fairly horrific in a sense. You yeah, know? I don't know. I mean, I saw lists where they were putting... Twilight Zone as a horror move, a horror show, and I was like, eh, I, I don't know. Like, that's really stretching it. Maybe there was one or two episodes that, you know, maybe dip into horror. You know, where there's a horror. I guess it's like what is what to you is the horror genre? Well, I think all definition of, all of the Twilight Zone episodes, things that are scary, yeah, and dystopian and and. But really dystopian, because you can have dystopian things that aren't horror. That's fair. But in this case, maybe because of the the way they filmed it, it was always foreboding. Yeah, I and mean, bad the, endings. The one with tragedy. Uh, Shatner in it on the airplane. Yeah, very much like a horror esque. Yeah. So yeah, okay. All right. Well, my list is number five: What We Do in the Shadows movie, nineteen or twenty fourteen. Uh, have you seen this movie? Is this the uh, the one of the... Um, yeah, I've seen part of this. Oh, my God. You have These to watch this same, 10 times. The same dudes from Australia, right? The, uh, New the, Zealand. It's New Zealand. It, Jermaine Clement and Taika yeah, from the TD. Because I, I watched their TV show of it. Yeah, the TV, show, the, the TV show did not grab me. I've seen scenes and enjoyed it, but... I think that's why I didn't watch the whole movie. Maybe that was unfair. Is because I liked the TV show, but I didn't love the TV show. Um... I flat out did not like the TV okay. show. Uh, I've seen scenes, because I think it's been on for a, a number of years now, and I think they got into a rhythm later on, mm-hmm. but it 
to me it was like nothing like the movie in my mind it wasn't okay. I, the, i'll give it another shot it wasn't nearly as funny like taika waititi jermaine clement and the other guy and it's just the funniest and um yeah so what we do in the shadows if jermaine clement taika waititi they did another the one Concord. of my favorite shows of all time which is fly of the concords taika waititi did jojo rabbit which is one of my favorite movies he did thor ragnarok Right. He's doing a new Star Wars movie, by the way. Which, what? I don't know. Like, some really? upcoming, yeah. Oh. My number four is The Ring, 2000. Oh, I forgot about The Ring. 2002, okay. Naomi Watts. I regret not having the, uh, actually, the original, the Japanese Ringu. Yeah. That is so creepy. I regret not having that on my list. You you have a good one there. I've never seen the Japanese one, but um, I, I've seen the American one, and shot here in Seattle and I remember watching it on a tiny 13 inch color, you know, tube TV with a VCR Mm -hmm. and watching it in bed in a VCR. Oh God. Yeah. In a VCR VCR tape. Yeah. (laughs) And you know, talk about not really a very good home theater with probably mono speaker or something, but it was terrifying to me. This movie, there's it, it, I guess it's. I guess now that I think about it, it's like, well, why would I like The Ring, but dislike, you know, mm-hmm. as an adult, pretty sure, much any sure. of the Halloween movies or the uh, Friday the Thirteenth movies or the Nightmare on Elm Street movies or you know, what is it about The Ring at the age of I guess I would have been thirty one that uh, you know was yeah. was. Um, it didn't pull me out that mm-hmm. the, the horror in that movie didn't pull me out of the movie. I think it's because the, there wasn't like a slasher element to it. And a lot of the elements they were showing at the time weren't tired out because like eventually every horror movie had the janky movement right. creatures with the hair on their faces. Right. But at that time we hadn't seen it in the U S that much yeah. or at all. The Japanese one, I, I'd say the U S one is great. The only reason the Japanese one is even slightly scarier, A, because I saw it first, but B, it's just lower budget, and that kind of gave it an extra creepiness. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. it's uh, Number three, The Exorcist. Oh, yeah. 1973. So scary. And I don't know what I would think of it if I saw it for the first time today, but I saw it as a teen or a kid. Yeah, and, that would freak you out. <laughs> and to this day, I would, last night, Stacey and I were at a... A movie trivia night, mm. movie cat trivia at Central Cinema. Um, it's every month, by the way. Oh, if, if you want to go, with yeah, me I want to go. Next I think time. I think we actually went one time. I think so. A few years ago, yeah. and um, during the pandemic, they did it on Twitch um, every Wednesday night. Did, mm. Didn't you? Didn't you join me one time? I thought you did. I think so. Anyway, during the pandemic, you know, Stacy and I and you were during too. The pandemic, yes, yeah, yes, we did. Um, during the pandemic, uh, Stacy and I were extremely buttoned up about not leaving the house and not right. doing anything. Like we got our groceries delivered. We wiped everything down. Like we were buttoned up. Yeah. So the one thing we did that was regular and social was doing this movie cat trivia thing on, t- <laughs> on Twitch, you know? Right. And so, um, to see them in person last night, but anyway, they, uh, had audio clips of different horror movies and to, to identify, 
And when they have that, you know, one of those classic scenes from The Exorcist, Ooh. like it, it just gives me chills. You know, yeah. that, that movie is. And it's funny because the special effects are pretty 1973 and the premise is pretty simple and it's heavily religious as well, right. very Catholic. But there's something about the way that they made that. It felt grounded in a way or something and what, real to me. Absolutely. And w- which is why I'm, I'm, I'm fairly certain. Well, it's, it's weird because now it's so many years, but that's what made the Omen great as well. It's very grounded. It's got all those same things. It's very religious, all these things, but it's grounded. And number two, Stranger Things, you already talked about it. Uh, by the way, I, I assume there's going to be another season at some point. I heard so. Yeah. Uh, number one, drum roll, please. Da, 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 da. The Thing. Oh, yeah. It's great. 1982, John Carpenter. Oh, yeah. So good. Directed it, Kurt Russell. I watched this movie, The Thing, dozens of times in the 80s. Uh, I would watch it over and over <laughs> and over again. The, there's so many aspects to the movie because it's it's horror, I guess, but it's also sci-fi, it's action, it's funny. And it's interesting because the way, if you don't know, the, I, I can tell you the premise, essentially this alien virus a goop. <laughs> uh, starts to infect this Antarctic yeah. expedition science station there's like you know 15 dudes in this science station and this alien uh who that can turn into different animals that it comes into contact with including humans and it um when it it, what it does is it infects you and takes you over and so at some point they're like okay one of us might be an alien and you don't know like it's not easy to tell right yeah. like one of us might be an alien but not but we don't know that and right. so how are we going to figure it out and so they long story short they do this like very slow scientific process yeah. to determine who's the alien who's not and that scene is it it was so different and i think even to this day yeah because today they a writer wouldn't have it. They'd be like, "There's got to be like a chase scene or." Absolutely. In fact, one of the things that annoys me. What, what's that movie that came out? That is, um, uh, it's like an alien thing. It came out right around the same time as The Arrival, but it was the other movie. There, there was like this bubble that had covered a huge, large area, and if you go through it, no one had come. Annihilation. Back. Annihilation. Yeah. Everyone loves that movie. Oh, it's the greatest no, movie No, no, ever. no, no. People didn't like Annihilation. Oh, people love Annihilation. Well, In people, fact, some people... That well, I'm sure some we people... We know. Like, I'm, I'm sure some people love Annihilation, but overall, the audience was very confused by okay, Annihilation. Okay, so people I know that like love and it. And I liked, I liked it, too. Well, here's my problem with it. That thing you're saying, there was like no sense of intellectual curiosity and and it annoyed me so much because they're like, "Hey, none of these teams have come back." Oh shoot! Well, let's send another team. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so right. So just to drill down this a little bit, we've actually talked about this before. Yeah. But so in the South, in the United States, there's this giant bubble that is growing and it's shimmering and it's changing things on the inside. Like it'll change a crocodile into like a half crocodile, half horse, or something. A crocodile. And there's, they, they send in drones and scientists and nothing comes back. And uh, and they're just like, what's going on, you know? And instead of like, well, 
let's at the very least let's show all the different ways that the top minds of the of the world by the way because the mm-hmm. entire world would be concerned about this giant bubble that's seemingly destroying the earth would come up with you know see what yeah. they would come instead it's just like well let's just send four send women <laughs> yeah because with I, no extra equipment or right. anything as i'm watching it i'm at the beginning i'm like okay i have some questions raise my hand yeah how far in do you lose contact immediately is it one centimeter two yeah. centimeters three centimeters and it's like but there I are felt, so I many like they dealt, tests we could do. <laughs> yeah, to me, I felt like they dealt with it well enough, and and I liked it. But yeah, so the audience. Oh, so what do you think Rotten Tomatoes critics percentage? Seventy. Eighty-eight. Eighty-eight. Okay, see, that's what I thought. Because so so you you know people you know blah, people blah, blah. I know yeah. audience. Okay, maybe it was the audience. Fifty. Sixty-six. Okay. Yeah. But but a pretty big difference. I, yeah, that's a big difference. So yeah. I was in. More I'm surprised the it was that high at 66 because. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So the thing I watched it over and over and over again. It's great. Okay, honorable mentions, of which I was surprised there were this many. Uh, Blair Witch Project. Oh yeah, that was I've, fun. I've talked about this yeah. before, but just to you know say it again is that there were newspaper articles written about this movie saying it was not fake, that it was real. Yeah. And this was in 98 or something when we didn't we were, really know. The, and the internet certainly wasn't there helping us out. Maybe two, maybe it was 2001-ish. Anyway. We were a lot less cynical back then. <laughs> yeah. And there weren't any stars in the movie. And the first, you know, I don't know, hour, all of it was completely plausible. There was nothing in it that was... That was implausible. And I saw it opening night, packed theater at the, in the district. When I was walking out of the theater, people were debating whether or not it was real or not real. And the consensus, and it was a huge crowd because it was like immediate, because this is before Twitter. So you had to actually talk to human beings, God forbid. And there's this huge crowd of people outside the movie theater just kind of like debating this. And the consensus was it was real. And, and I was like, <laughs> but the one thing that, really because i was assuming it was real until the very last and things started happening toward the end i was like wait what and then the the one thing that i was like nope there's no way that that happened was the very last scene there you know the guy's holding a camera and presumably he gets killed and he falls over and the camera lands on the ground and the last shot you see is oh my god it gives me just chills just thinking spoiler alert is this this someone standing in the corner okay as a camera person myself i can tell you that if you just drop a camera (laughs) the chance that it will land on your subject is so small (laughs) um, that i was like no and 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 it wasn't like he sat down and put the camera down it's crashed to the ground he just like it, and, yeah, yeah, and this is a late '90s camera that would have broken. <laughs> yeah, that was the other thing; like it didn't yeah. break. Yeah, but, anyway. but the the reason I was fairly certain it was not is because uh, I was I just kept thinking like the families of these people would not be like, yeah, sure, put this out there. <laughs> well, <laughs> but did you see this a while, a ways after? And no, have... I saw it when it came out. Oh, okay. It's just I was like, I don't know. I was like, it's. How would you, you know, because I was thinking, if this really was found footage of some disappear, it's not like you can't tell who they are. They're very obvious who they are. So the families would know who they are. Yeah. And so therefore. It, yeah, yeah, but, you know, uh, 
yeah, totally. Looking back, and and I always <laughs> feel defensive because people now who didn't go through that right. with, with me are like, "How could you possibly have thought that was that was real?" But I, I, I'm always like, "I'm a skeptical person. I'm not a pushover. You're like I, I'm I'm extremely skeptical of things." You're absolutely right that the and, consensus and I, at the time from a lot of people was, "I think this is real," because they literally lied to us. Yeah. That it wasn't. <laughs> here's a movie about found, like a fake movie. They said, "This is a movie that actually it, it's a documentary." Right. Is what they were saying it was, and so, yeah. I mean, I'd never been lied to by newspapers telling me something. Because all that, the ads had that voiceover in the year in the da da da. This found footage, blah blah blah. You know. Well, I don't even know if I'd seen the trailers. I, I just remember seeing in the you know because that was another thing back then was. That is sort of you know time forgotten. That in order to just uh, choose a movie, I would go to the newspaper. Oh, because how else would you even know what a movie? Oh, a movie? I remember the little descriptions. Yeah, yeah. That's so, so funny. You know, in the movie Times, were in the, uh, were in, yeah, were in the newspaper. Right. So you'd go to the newspaper and you'd you'd <laughs> you'd peruse the movies. Well, I remember at that point we had movie phone. Remember uh, the. The times for Mortal Kombat Annihilation are yeah, nine thirty. But, but that would take so long. It did because <laughs> it would go through every single time. You know. Yeah. Anyway, press one for yeah. <laughs> um, Cabin in the Woods. Oh yeah, good movie. Great, uh, and another one that subverts the genre. Yeah. To Love this it. day, Stace, every time that and times when it's not related, Stacy will bring that up because I was. Trying, you know, everyone was trying to figure out what I, I might have even gone with you, but everyone's like, "Oh, we got to go to this movie, you know, Cabin in the Woods." And I'm like, "Hey, Stacy, come!" And, and she's like, "Is it a horror movie?" <laughs> and at that time, I didn't really we know. Did go together because I remember Stacy being there. Okay, yeah. And I, I was like, "Well, you know," I told her, "I was like, you know, I don't like horror movies, right?" So, um, from what I understand, it's supposed to be like a riff, like a jokey riff. On the horror movie, which is absolutely true, you know what I mean? Yeah. But for her, like, because she really right. doesn't like horror movies, that movie was traumatic for Super her. Super traumatic, yeah. Even though it's a, a joke from beginning to I, end. I remember this, and it was so interesting because, yeah, if, you, if you're not into that, it doesn't matter that it's a send-up or, you know, a, a kind of a... Because it's it's cartoony, you yeah. Know? Like when when all the monsters come out and all there's all the blood, because like, yeah, there's a twist, you know. Yeah. Because I don't. It, it if doesn't you don't see the twist coming, and if you even if you see the twist coming, if if you don't like that genre, it's still gonna hit you the way it would have hit you. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, Warm bodies with Nicholas Holt. Oh yeah, that's also funny. Uh, World, that's the zombie one, right? Yeah, yeah. World War Z with Brad Pitt. Firestarter with a young Drew Barrymore. Well, I don't think I ever saw that. What oh, is that? It's it's I believe a Stephen King story. And Firestarter. Oh, maybe I have seen early eighties. I watched. This was another movie that I watched over and over again. It's kind of interesting. I'm surprised people don't talk about it more because it's basically a, a superhero kind of like um, more a more gritty superhero movie the way you mm. would see today, where there's a kid who. And the f the father has a, an ability, and the daughter has an ability, and they're on the run. They're trying. Mm -hmm. They're they, you know the the government or this corporation is trying to oh, maybe get I them. Seen this. And 
their you know fugitives this relationship between the father and daughter and um there's just something Sounds about like this kick-ass <laughs> yeah but but it's way more i don't know what to say like gritty and sad mm. and it's not it doesn't celebrate the powers okay it, it's really it's tragic really I see. and and like a thriller anyway um but yeah, Firestart. I'm sur- the reason why I feel like people don't talk about. I'm surprised people don't talk about it because there's a lot of movies today that you would hold up and say, like Logan, for example. Right. It has that kind of tone. And that was like a first in that kind of. Movie. But Firestarter had it had that going for it way back then wow. in a time when they didn't really make movies about or right. many movies about superpowers. Right. right Although right. I will say, any movie about superpowers. That was made back then when I was twelve. I watched and loved, like, yeah. like, um, oh, what's the? It was Dream something, where you could inv- you could invade people's dreams. Dennis Quaid. Was oh in yeah, it. yeah. I loved that Dreamscape. I think I loved that movie. And Dead Zone yep. with Christopher Walken. Oh yeah, that was a great. <laughs> uh, actually, so re- re- recently we watched that movie. Anyway, um, Annihilation. I actually liked Annihilation. Attack on Titan, I heard, was a supposedly supposedly a, a horror. Mm, that's interesting. Which you could argue, maybe. Anyway, Lost Boys, of course. I couldn't put Attack on Titan as a horror. That's weird. Yeah, but you know, there's... Lost Boys is fun, but I also couldn't put it as horror because it's it's totally horror. But it's just a fun. Ah, uh, I mean, yeah, it's vampires. You're I mean, right. a Twilight Zone is horror then that's definitely but it's just a funny movie yeah yeah Yeah. i think i think for some people what horror means is if you have vampires it's horror you know what i mean um a movie called beloved with oprah winfrey and danny glover from 1998 whoa i loved this movie when it came out and i can't remember a single thing about it other Hmm. than the fact that i remember it being very creepy and I think it's about it. I think it's about like the slave South, like oh. back in the day. Anyway, Midsummer. Oh yeah, another Ari Aster movie. Uh, who made Witch and Florence Pugh? We got Mother. Mother. Oh, I see. That I guess counts as horror. You're right. Yeah. And I don't know why I didn't put it in my Darren, list. Darren Aronofsky. Mother is one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, Twin Peaks, Firewalk with Me, David Lynch. Yep. A Quiet Place, Emily Blunt and John Krasinski. Under the Skin, have you seen that movie? Scarlett Johansson. Under no, the skin. I have not. You've got to watch it. Okay. It's very interesting. Um, it's it's like a definitely more artsy than horror, but it's a very interesting premise. Under the Skin. Yeah. Dracula, Francis Ford Coppola, Gary Oldman, Winona Ryder, Keanu Reeves. I feel like Under the Skin came out right around the same time as that other Scarlett Johansson movie. Well, that I didn't like. There's there was the one. Remember the one where she starts gaining powers? Lucy. Yeah, Lucy. God. So I was just watching a scene from that on for for whatever reason YouTube thought I wanted to watch another scene from Lucy. And <laughs> it's such a stupid movie. Yeah, like the premise is that Scarlett Johansson is this regular woman. And she somehow accidentally or t- she takes this this new super drug and it starts to give her the ability to use not just 10% of her brain, 
but a hundred percent of her brain. Yes. And so, so not immediately. It's just, so that's the premise. Like over time. Yeah. yeah. And the movie, it's like, now she can do 20% of her brain. Yeah. Now she can do 30% of her brain. And it is the dumbest, the way that they play it out. Cause they could have been a good movie. Sure. Cause one, we don't use 10% of our brain. That would be the dumbest evolved organ. You know, nothing is like that in biology. Right. We use 100% of our brain. We use our entire brain. A lot of calories go into supplying the brain. It would be the dumbest thing to waste all those calories on something that you only use 10% of. So we use the whole all the brain. But anyway, but let's say that this drug makes you smarter. Right. Okay, fine. It basically makes her into a god. Right being smart does not make you she can manipulate uh, space time and, time and space and matter, yeah. yeah she can manipulate matter she can make things magnetic from afar she can use telekinesis hey kirk we don't use all of our brain you know like imagine what's possible but to me if they just made the drug this is a very weird drug that <laughs> taps into some like quantum physics you know like there could have been another stupid but 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 instead it's it makes her smart well it's like therefore she she becomes a god it's like imagine because you can have the same premise which is actually a fair point so muscular our muscles you you don't actually use the contraction to its full potential in fact that's why like a chimp it, one of the reasons they're so much stronger than human is because they don't have the fine control that we have. So when they contract, it's like an all or nothing kind of thing. So you could make a movie where you inject humans with something that makes their muscles stronger because we only use 60% of our muscles. So now they can shoot fireballs from their hands. I know, right. It's exactly what happened. Now, now their hand can become a wristwatch or something. It's like, what? Yeah, anyway. Um, Twin P. Oh, Evil Dead, of course. Bruce Campbell. Oh man, so good. Yeah, uh, which I have not seen. And Army of Darkness is hilarious. Since back then, but I remember loving it. Yeah. Get Out, Jordan Peele. Yep. Rosemary's Baby, the first ninety-eight yeah, percent of great. the movie is a masterpiece, just of a movie, yeah. but of and of feminism. It's it's so interesting, and a glimpse into like late 60s New York City. It's just yeah. such a great movie. Bird Box. I really loved Bird Box. That's entertaining. It wasn't... I didn't love it, but it was entertaining. I thought it was gripping, sad, interesting premise, well-acted, just um, heartbreaking. Yeah. The, you know, when she's with the two kids. Yeah. It That's is, true. Uh, I, I feel like I dinged it, it unfairly because it, it came ended, out. It ended in a kind of like, but how do you end that kind of That's movie? true. It also came out after Quiet Place. Mm. And I feel like I unfairly dinged it because it's not the same movie, but it felt related. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and of course, Alien with Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. All right. Let's take a break, Berto. We get back. Let's answer a few emails. What do you say? Let's do it. All right, we're back from the break. Let's do some OPPs. OPP. Some old patron praises. These patrons have been patrons, which are great, and they've been patrons all the way since October of 2018. We've been working our way up from 2015 because there are people who have been patrons since 2015. So we've worked our way up to 2018. At some point, they won't be OPPs. (laughs) We got David from South Carolina. We got nice. Valerie from Oklahoma City. 
Thank you for taking our basketball team. Oklahoma. Valerie. We got Jill from East Sussex. Wait, where is East Sussex? Great Britain. Oh. We got Len from God Knows Where. We have Alexander from Ohio. Oh. Uh, We got... uh, I heard something about Ohio on a podcast. They were talking about Ohio where it's uh, curved on the edges and high in the middle. Do you you understand that? (laughs) No. Because there's two O's. Oh, okay. So it's curved on the edges and high in the middle. I thought they were like making a reference to the people. (laughs) (laughs) You got Yolanda from Downey, California. You got Miston from Weatherford, Texas. You got old Liza from Canada. Liza has been on the podcast. Dear Liza? Yeah. Uh, And if you want to listen to her podcasts... It is called, I think it's like Dissociative Identity Disorder and Trauma Recovery. I can't remember, but it's a fascinating interview. Um, we also did another episode with her about schema therapy, I believe. Um, Crafts with Ellen from Denmark. Mm. I'm guessing Crafts with Ellen has their own Patreon. Yeah. Patreon. We got Catherine from Minnesota. We got Sasha from Los Angeles. We have Paul nice. from Vancouver, BC. Oh, Vancouver. I miss Vancouver. We have Andy from God knows where. We got Stepan from St. Petersburg, Russia. What? Rochelle from God knows where. We got Brittany from Frisco, Texas. <laughs> Frisco. Frisco. We got Rebecca from Renton, Washington. Isn't there a movie called Frisco Kid? Which is where I was born. We got Beth from God Knows Where. We got Dominelle from Lalita, California. Athena from Johannesburg. Oh. Johannesburg. Uh, we have Test from God Knows Where. Actually, that might be a test. Uh, a test account. An account that I made. Oh, for, I see. <laughs> <laughs> we have. OPP test account. <laughs> we have Fabaha from Tempe, Arizona. Amanda from God Knows Where. Brian from Oakland. Mm. Kelsey from Spokane. Stephen from Seattle, who I think we've communicated with before. Julie from Washington, D.C. We got Kirsten from God Knows Where. I think I know Kirsten. Maybe she's even been on the podcast. Lauren from Richmond, Australia. What? Magdalena from God Knows Where. Bonnie from God Knows Where. And Tamara from Vancouver, B.C. Thank you all for being patrons and being patrons since all the way back then. Let us do some emails, Birdo. Um, An anonymous anonymous patron wrote in and said, um, thank you for reading my thoughts about the Bo Burnham Inside Mm. Special. The first, so this is a response to the response. So she, she wrote in, so we did the episode on Bo Burnham Inside. She wrote in, we did. We read the email on the air, and now she's writing. Bank. Th- oh, okay. Th- thank you for reading one. my thoughts aloud about Bo Burnham inside. The first thing I got was that I should have had more compassion initially for Birdo's position Aww. about suicide on the Bo Burnham Inside special. He went. Uh, Birdo went through something very difficult with his family. I wasn't trying to say we should all be able to make jokes about everything, but that Bo Burnham's particular jokes felt empathetic towards my personal experience. All things considered, the podcast would be much less interesting if Birdo were more apologetic. So it's I'm sorry. Okay. So it's okay. <laughs> LOL. I'm sorry. <laughs> so do you have a response to the response to the response to the response? Bro? That is very touching. And honestly, I think as time has gone on, I care a lot less about his, 
joke, uh, meaning I'm, I'm like, yeah, it's fine. But I, I do remember at the time, I felt strongly and the reaction to my strong feelings was very strong. <laughs> so it was very interesting. Yeah. Go listen to the past episodes about Bo Burnham for that. Yep. Anonymous patron wrote in, uh, kind of a long one. So uh, let's see. You flippantly joke. This is talk to you and me, bro. Yeah. You flippantly joked about bath salts as an example of a drug that people take knowing it will turn them into a cannibal. The uh, first time an individual tries um, Adderall, Dexedrine, or even methamphetamine, they feel superhuman. They're able to work 12-hour stretches, increase sociability and sexual performance without the need to eat or sleep. It is only upon repeated dosage that the negative side effects begin. Furthermore, when the man in Florida famously convicted of eating another person's face was assessed, their blood tests came up negative for amphetamines commonly sold as quote-unquote bath salts, and the widespread misinformation was largely caused by the media's bath salt panic of the time, which followed along the same lines as the PCP panic of the late 90s. Bath salts are essentially a cheap, mass-produced analog to Adderall and can be purchased from head shops by people of any age. While they don't frequently result in death via overdose, the, their highly addictive nature, propensity to cause long-lasting psychosis, liver damage, and other, other disruptions to the system should not be treated with so much levity in the context of discussing dangers of drug addiction. Berto, what do you think? Well, I apologize. I probably was on bath salts that day. And uh, because I remember actually later that night, I ate something that really upset my stomach the next day. So, yeah. Also, Berto, Berto mentions Robin Williams as being someone who died of suicide. Suicide can have many different motivations. So, uh, sorry, I'm reading this. Also, Berto mentions Robin Williams as being someone who died of suicide. Suicide can have many different motivations, and based on the words and advocacy of his widow, it is more accurate to say that Robin Williams died of Louis body dementia. Faced with the rapid loss of his memory, social skills, and personality from Louis, Louis body dementia, Robin Williams was pushed to the point where he no longer saw a future that was preferable to death. This has the effect of taking attention away from research for Louis body dementia. Berto, what do you think? Yeah, so first of all, I, you know, I mean to uh, really say, hey, I don't remember what joke I made about bath salts. Part of what I do in this podcast is give my un, uneducated opinion about stuff and, and try to add a little levity. Sometimes that might be inappropriate, but hey, at least I didn't joke about suicide or something. <laughs> but as far as Robin Williams, um, I have actually, I just watched a whole thing about the, the struggles that he was going through medically that I wasn't aware of. Um, he still did complete suicide, uh, but I think you're talking about like the antecedent causes and that's fair i think pretty much all suicides have antecedent causes some may be more hard to uh, circumvent than others but um i don't think it was inaccurate i just don't think we had enough or i didn't have enough information i think the whole thing is a tragedy the fact that he had those struggles the fact that you know that he's not around with us anymore um and it's very sad listener jay she wrote in and said I'm creating a podcast that is meant to help people understand their own psychological needs, and I would love some insight in how to begin. 
Also, up to your patron Kaylee from Wales wrote in similarly and said, I just watched your clip on Rebecca and Zied on 90 Day Fiancé where you mentioned wanting more professionals to be online. I am keen, but I have no idea where to start. I'm a British mental health professional, so I might add some diversity to the conversation. Could you do an episode on how to get started? Birdo, what advice do you have for those who want to start a podcast or a YouTube channel? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, there is no better time uh, than the when you want to start it. You, you don't actually need that much equipment to get started. Obviously, if you want like better sounding this, that, the other thing, you can buy a, a little better microphone and whatnot. But the, the main thing is pick a topic, uh, write, just grab a little sheet of paper, grab a pencil, write down a few episode ideas. So you have more than like one. And then try recording. Then don't worry about, don't, don't, don't overthink it, don't, don't sweat the details too much. Just try a recording. Uh, no one is listening to you right now. So the barrier to entry initially is very low. We, we can say that you know, our first episodes were not all that great, but it doesn't matter. Like, you just get through that. And then you'll find your voice, and then you'll find, like, you'll start figuring out, okay, I think I should do a little bit more of this, or I think I should do a little bit more of that. And then you start finding a niche. It could be two people that are like, hey, I really like your stuff. And then you, you can start listening to what works and whatnot. But the most important thing is record, put some content out there. So. Yeah, absolutely. And do whatever you can to not get hung up on perfectionism. I've, I've helped a lot of people starting their own content stuff. And one of the biggest barriers is people are just like, you know, they, it's like they think about it for years and, Oh, I've always wanted to do this and that, you know, and they, they finally get around to it. You know, they have a, a week of free time. They're like, Oh, I'm going to finally do that thing. And then they make it and it's never as awesome as they think <laughs> it's going to be. The reception isn't as awesome as they think it's going to be. And so you just have to prepare for that and, and say, I don't, you know, the thing that I'll tell people, and I don't know if this helps, but I'll, this is what I did is I didn't care if people liked it or not. <laughs> I you, just, yeah, I just wanted to do it. And you have that, to have that attitude about art. <laughs> yeah. And you know, that's how I've always been with my music. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've always recorded the songs that I wanted to listen to. And if other people didn't like it, I'm like, well, I, I made it for me. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, a mission accomplished. I like it, you yeah. know, and it, you gotta have that attitude. You have to have a, you know, like with the podcast, when I started, I was, I just wanted to see what I could make pretty much. And I, um, had a vision of perhaps being big one day ish, but you know, wasn't married to that and was pretty much just like if a hundred people listen that's enough for me kind of a yeah. thing it's like that's a lot of people you know if you give a talk and a hundred people show up that's a big deal that's a lot of people um the that's other a great that's a great point i never even thought about that if imagine you're like i want to go to the u district go stand in red square and talk about a topic that i'm interested in and you do it, and a hundred people gather around to listen to you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in academia, this happens all the time. You'll give a training, or you'll hold a talk at the yeah. university. It's you know, like a 
an evening lecture that people can show up to and you, you know, you advertise it. Yeah, like you, you 15 get, people. <laughs> yeah, you get 15 people, you're you're like ecstatic yeah. because half the time no one shows. Right. So anyway, um, the other thing, as Brito <laughs> was saying, was just do it. You know, uh, don't think and just make it and know that no one's going to be listening in the beginning. So it's low stakes in the beginning. Like it does not matter. It could right. be years before people pay attention. So and, and you know, to, to add to this, like I'll give both a good and a bad example, but that might help. So in addition to working here with Kirk and, and doing these episodes, I started my own YouTube channel. Now, if you go to it, which Psycho, is... Psychoberto. Psychoberto. Um, I have not taken down my first videos. And you can definitely tell the quality is very low in the first couple of videos. And then it gets a little better. And then it gets a little better. And, and I'm mostly not even content-wise. I just mean even like the lighting and the sound and everything. Oh, yeah. And then like... I you mean, know, not yours, but like... No, no, definitely mine. Everybody who does everyone, that. Everyone, yeah. and definitely mine. Like, because at first, I, that was the good news, is I didn't care, and I did, I just did it because I, I needed to get it out. But then I bought the better mic, then I bought the little lights, and then and then by the time, I don't know, 10 videos in, it, it looks nice. It sounds pretty good. That said, so that's the good part. The downside is I got uh, some health issues last year, and in an October, I got really sick, so I stopped producing, and I, I haven't gone back to it, and I really do want to get back to it. I think maybe it's part of the perfectionism. It's also like fear that I'm like, oh, you know, I don't know. Like, I don't know what to say. Well, I, I need to listen to the same advice. It's like, it doesn't matter. Just keep, because people keep leaving notes. Hey, when is the next video coming? Yeah. And to your point just now about the 100 people, I have 300 and some subscribers. Yeah. Now, that sounds very little by YouTube standards. But when you put it like, where am I going to go stand in a corner and have 300 people listening to me? Right. Yeah. <laughs> And do you like doing it? I love doing it. Yeah. So that that's all that yeah. it really matters. And um, so there's that. The other thing is to uh, get feedback and listen to it. Uh, because this podcast has changed drastically over the years. And a part of it, you know, maybe 50% of it was just because listeners would say this or that. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of praise. Like, we like, like, for example... I didn't do a solo episode until years into the podcast. Yeah. And when I put it out there, I was like, what do y'all think about this? Because this is very strange. It just me on the podcast. <laughs> and of course, now that's ridiculous. Like people, a lot of people, it's like, you know, that's, that's what, you know, it's half of this podcast value is when, you know, Kirk's by himself. So, and you used to run surveys I asking still do. all sorts of questions. Still do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. What I mean is that like, when you first started doing that, you listened, like you would read the comments. and Right. Yeah, like one of the questions on the survey, I asked people about like our political conversations because uh, I wasn't, I didn't know, because some people praised, some people didn't. And, uh, you know, because most people don't comment is the thing. Most yeah. people don't email right. in. But you send a survey out, you're going to get a lot more people who don't typically write in because mm -hmm. surveys feel more inviting, I suppose. Yeah. And... Like with the political discussions, I learned that, and I also had a question like, what's your political leanings? And something like 90% were left leaning. And um, even though, you know, we tend to speak from a left leaning voice, the consensus was they just didn't want us talking about politics, even yeah. if they agreed with us. Um, uh, you know, not everyone, of course, but but that was the majority voice because, you know, and the, the majority reason was, 
Yeah, look, we just don't come here to we we, we come here to escape. Yeah, from, that's not the it. content we're looking for. Yeah, and so we we don't want that kind of. Even though we agree with you, yeah, and even might like to get some validation, we we have other places that we go for that kind of content. Right. Um, the other thing is to get to the point, which is you know funny because I can be extremely long winded, but the whenever I listen to podcasts or YouTube channels for the first time, one of the first things that will get me to turn it off and never go back to that podcast or YouTube channel is if you do not get to the effing point. Right. Like it's got to be in the first sentence. <laughs> like I am going to do this and just start into it. You know, just if if you're going to talk about I don't know how to how to grow a plant inside, you know, it <laughs> should in the first 5 seconds, the the viewer, the listener should already be getting some value. I have one very important tip for this. So like as, as far as like how a tip for how to get to the point immediately. And it's a tip that I learned watching an episode of a history movie. Uh, and they were talking about a long time ago in different civilizations, uh, different aspects of, um, what was I saying? I thought you, I thought you were going to go longer with that. I mean, I was, I was just kind of hoping you were going to go longer with that. I, I didn't want to like really dig into No, no, no. Because right away, I just you knew I was like, Berto's making a joke. But I mean, and, and I don't do this all the time, but I, I, I try to. You know, like in the very beginning, I had uh, music and video uh, introductions, and then there'd be this kind of preamble discussion, True. and yeah. then we'd finally get to the topic, which honestly is 90% of content producers, that's what they do. And I, I just have to say as a consumer, unless I'm really into the content, like Conan O'Brien or something, like I, I'll just listen anyway. Hmm. And I don't mind the banter, but if if I'm, especially if I'm kind of on the fence about something, if I have to wait, especially if we're five minutes in and you still haven't gotten to the point, and I don't know where and when the point is coming, like, is it coming a minute from now or is it coming 15 minutes from now? Like, I'll bounce. Like, I'm done. I don't care yeah. how good the information is. I don't want to sit through that kind of annoyance. I think it also varies on what you are there for. For example, I've, I've listened to the um, um, Victory, the podcast, which is about the Entourage folk, uh, the, the TV show Entourage. Uh, and honestly, for me, the point of that podcast is just to listen to them banter. So even though they have right. a topic. That's what I'm saying. Like Conan <laughs> O'Brien or TBTL, yeah. um, it's all banter. Yeah. And, and they never get to the point. But yeah. but that's, that's why. Yeah. But but I could see people tuning in and, yeah. and like going, this is stupid. I'm out. And and yet the a lot of the channels that I like on YouTube are definitely to the point. You know, it's right. like, here's the topic and they get to it. Right. Um. The next, the final two things I'll say to people who want to create their own content is to find your voice and allow, give yourself time to find your voice. Like for me, it took 10 years for me to find my voice. <laughs> like it, it took a long time. Like it's funny when I listen to some reruns from even just like three or four years ago, I have a different voice. It's not mm. terrible, but it's, it's not me. It's still kind of like a, I, I don't know. It just takes a while to find your your content with well if you go back and listen to those early episodes remember i used to talk like this but it took me a while to find my voice yeah uh the other the last thing i'll say is to keep doing it and be consistent about it it the people that i know who have been successful they committed you know and they just made a commitment 
They're yeah. just like, I'm going to do this once a month or once a week, and I'm going to release it on you know Tuesdays of every week, and it's just going to happen. Right. And I, and if something gets in the way, I'm going to do it anyway. You know, I it it's it's going to happen, and I'll prioritize it because because in the first couple of years, because no one's listening it's easy to give up on it. You know, there's mm-hmm. always going to be something else that'll get, that'll be more interesting or yeah. be less work. Cause it's work, you know, you got You got to, it's work and Definitely. to make something that's any good, usually it's work. And so it, if you commit to it and you just say, I'm not going to think about it, you know, I'm, I'm not going to question it. I'm just going to do it. You're much more likely to build an audience over time and two to find your voice. And three, the few people who like you, learn to depend on you know it's you know for me and i know uh for you too berto the podcast and the youtube channels that we consume there's a regularity to it yeah it's not just like a few episodes and then dark for five months right and unfortunately i have some that i like that are like that and it's heartbreaking because Like so, like Dan Carlin's history podcast, he he puts out like one episode a year on his oh, podcast, really? <laughs> yeah, something like that. And so, uh, but you'd have to be so good to sustain an audience with that kind yeah. of spread. But and that's rare. Like yeah. you're essentially like, you know, you know, god level podcaster if you can get away with that. But you know, right. but the the ones that I like, it just like it comes out in this regular fashion. And when, you know, people like things to be predictable and when you find your content provider, you know, your YouTube channel and you just, it just feels good to go back to them every once in a while, you know, like, like there's this guy who repairs guitar, guitars in Canada that I watch. (laughs) Um, and his username is really weird. It's like two, it's like a, it's like a bunch of letters kind of crammed in anyway. But he, he makes, you know, he'll make jokes, but it's pretty much just him working on guitars, mm-hmm. preparing guitars and talking about the process. And it's like 45 minute videos. And I will sit there, <laughs> I will sit there and watch and I, I don't repair guitars. Right. I play guitar, but I don't repair <laughs> guitars. And I'll just sit there and watch him repair a guitar and talk about it for 45 minutes. And he puts out episodes like every week or every yeah. two weeks. And I, and every time an episode, I watch it, you know, <laughs> I was addicted for a while too. Uh, one called Lofty Pursuits, and and it's this guy who makes candy in Florida, mm. Tallahassee, and it's just showing he's making all these, and he's got all these classical machines, like you know, hundred year old machines for making candy, and that's all it is. I don't make candy, yeah, I don't eat that much candy, but it's like, yeah, I don't eat so it. fascinating. Yeah, I've watched my fair share of candy making channels. <laughs> There's this one Japanese one that's. It, it's like they're in the middle of a mall or something or oh, a yeah? food court and they make it in front of crowds and it's oh, wow. so interesting. Yeah. The one, so two things, one love the candy making YouTube channels. And there's like, there's like three that I watch, but the second point is I'm never eating candy again because I didn't realize it was just pure fucking sugar. It is sugar. It's pure sugar. <laughs> it's sugar. Like to me, when I would see, a Jolly Rancher or something. I, I thought there'd be something else in there. Like you know? lime. Or... <laughs> yeah. Or like some kind of plant material. Some, yeah. like a, I don't know what I thought. Cellulose, but, fiber. <laughs> yeah. Some kind of fibrous thing. It's just, it's just the candy. It's melted and re and yeah. hardened, you know, uh, 
slightly flavored, <laughs> slightly colored. There's a sugar. teeny bit of water in it. <laughs> right. And, and so, and well, in other kinds good. of things, you know, like, um, like caramel or, you know, all those things, it's just butter and it's, sugar. it's terrible <laughs> for you. And so like, um, yeah, I, I recently learned that caramel is butter and sugar. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, listener Quinn, she says, I really want to start a podcast where I talk about my experiences and where I am now. My question to you is, do you think it's a good idea for me to talk about my trauma on the podcast? Talk therapy has been healing for me in my life. I simply want to tell my story, how I've gotten to where I am and my healing mechanisms. Maybe even interview other people in my life who have experienced trauma. I want to destigmatize talking about our painful traumatic experiences. Is this something that you would say, go for it or no? I'd love to hear your thoughts. If you can comment, Berto, what do you think? This one's interesting. Um, I would say, first of all, me personally, I've talked a lot about my trauma and my, you know, childhood and, and struggles that I've had. And for me, it's been helpful. It's almost like therapy in a way. And I think it's been helpful for other listeners because, you know, we've heard from them saying, oh, this is really helpful. I can relate and that helps me think through it and stuff like that. At the same time, I want to caution that you should be aware that if you're putting this stuff out there, it's out there. Anyone can listen to it. It is out there. So, for example, as we've gotten bigger, now I know that I might meet someone in a professional capacity or out and whatever, and they might have listened or they may listen and they will know all these things. Right. And I just have to be okay with it. I happen to be okay with it, but it is maybe not for everyone. So just be aware of that. This isn't something you can easily take back. Right. Even if you delist your videos, you know, they might be copies. People have watched them. They might post about it. Yeah, it's, it's hard for it to like go away. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, Quinn. The world needs your voice and more people like you. So absolutely. The one thing that you want to be cautious about is making sure you don't re-traumatize yourself and, as Berto say, overexpose yourself. So you just want to be careful and, and think about what it is that you're going to disclose and, and why and what the consequences might be. But absolutely. I feel like the question, Quinn, is based on this premise that it's wrong or it's too much information or something. And it, it, it's not, uh, this sort of thing, as you say, needs to be destigmatized. It needs to be talked about. It needs to be understood. It needs, you, you can lead the way. So many people are ashamed as you know, Quinn of even admitting it, admitting it to themselves and for you to come out strong and just be like, here it is. Um, you know, and we've had guests on the podcast who have Berto himself has, has led the way in a lot of ways. So if we're going to destigmatize, um, we can say let's destigmatize, or we can just act as a, from a destigmatized place, which I think is the best way to do it. And everyone out there, please take care of yourself because you deserve it.